to jam on the roof and go around church. Here's the first one. If a baby gets baptised, does this guarantee that they will go to heaven? Well, this is a follow-up question from a series of questions I had two weeks ago that I answered. And uh, were particularly, they were on baptism and also uh, matters related to infant baptism, baptising babies. Right from the start, let me make it very clear that being washed by water at a baptism, that act does not guarantee anyone's salvation, whether they're an adult or a baby. Now, baptism is a, is a way of just showing God's message of his promise that basically says that if you trust in Jesus, if there is faith in Christ, then the, the, the death of Jesus on the cross will be effective in washing away the sins. So it's kind of like I'm saying a word to you. It's sort of like a wet word, baptism. It's a promise from God that's a very tangible, physical thing. And so it, the way that this word, this, this, this sacrament, this, this wet word from, from God works is when there is faith, when there is believing. And so when an adult trusts in Jesus as their loving ruler and rescuer, then the promises come into effect by faith, by them believing. Not by the baptism, but by believing. And likewise, uh, when, with a baby, uh, they are not able to express faith in God because they, they're not at that age yet. And so what happens is their family, their, their parents, their godparents say, we have a faith in God and therefore this child is baptised as part of our household. And so, well, how does this all work then? Well, when the babies are older, they get the chance to stand up in front of the congregation and say, well, those promises that were made for me as I was part of the household, uh, actually, I want to make them myself. And I want to express faith myself as a teenager or, or even older. And, and by expressing faith, what they do is they, in fact, are able to have that relationship with God in that way. So, back to the initial question, if a baby is baptised, does this guarantee that they go to heaven? Well, as I said earlier, baptism doesn't, doesn't save a person. It's only faith in Jesus that does that. And in the end, God chooses those he wants to save, no matter what age. So, no, being baptised as a baby does not guarantee the salvation of that child. But with all of this, I want to say again that God in the Bible shows his grace to households. It's really interesting. We see that in the Old Testament. We see that in the New Testament as well. And on that basis, I think we can have some confidence that a baby in a Christian household is a member of God's family, which is shown so powerfully should they choose to baptise their children. But above all, above all... We should trust that God's promises to Christian parents apply also to their babies and that the child is sanctified by having a believing Christian as a parent. You might have more questions about that. No worries. Let's keep the dialogue going. Ask for some questions. Happy to answer them. And here goes question two. Since God sends people to hell for not believing in him, doesn't that make him self-absorbed? Hmm. Well, firstly, remember that God so loved the world that he gave his only son to be sacrificed on our behalf. I wouldn't call that being self-absorbed. That is actually giving him his most valuable possession in that sense as a gift for us, even though while we were sinners, Christ died for us. So I wouldn't see that as being self-absorbed. But on the other hand... There is a sense in which God does live for his own glory. He does ultimately live for worship of himself. 
Because I think it's right to say that the Ten Commandments apply to God as well. Like We actually want God to be worshipping the Lord God and not another God. It's not kind of like God says, you know, well, all you guys worship me and I'll go off and do the Hindu thing. You know, it's, it's... we're not expecting the true one Lord of the universe to go and worship another God. It's a, it's a little bit like, I think, how the President of the United States of America would pledge allegiance to the President of the United States of America because he's a part of America. It's his, it's his country. And you might say, well, that's a bit of an arrogant thing to be, to be pledging allegiance to yourself. Well, no, what do you, who do you want me to pledge myself to? You know, China, Russia, America, Australia or whatever? You, know, you want to be America. And so in that sense, it is right for God to be worshipping himself because he is the true God. Question three. If God is so powerful, then why doesn't he make everyone believe in him? Well, he certainly is powerful. He can do anything that he so desires, uh, except he probably can't make a rock that's too big for him to lift. Hmm. Anyway, that's a philosophical thing. Yeah. But even though he is powerful, he chooses not to use that power in certain ways for good reasons. And one good reason is that he wants people to experience the choice of following him so that they might receive the rewards of that choice. Uh, It seems throughout the scriptures that he has said that he doesn't want to have a whole race of humans that are just robots programmed to worship him. Or, or puppets. It's like, you know, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, like we've got strings on our hands. You know, it's, it's, that's not the way that he's made us. He has given us, the, he's given up his right to sort of turn us into robots so that people might willingly believe in him and experience the joy of having him as their loving ruler. Question four, is it right to kill a hundred lions if doing so would save a human life? Well, in the Bible, it's clear that God's made humans in a different category to the rest of the animals. And so he uh, says, firstly, that humans are to rule and care for the animals and the environment. Secondly, he said that humans are made in the image of God. We are the only ones who are in the image of God. Thirdly, he said that humans are the only creatures who are able to have the spirit of God live within them. So your, your nice little doggy doesn't have the spirit of God living in him or her. Maybe the spirit of dog, but not the spirit... No, that's a bad dad joke. Uh, uh, fourthly, he has said that it's okay to kill animals, but not to kill humans. Did you notice that? So there's, there's something different there. And I think in all of this, it shows that humans are, in God's eyes, totally different to the animals and are infinitely more important than any other creature. So this is a bit of a, it's a funny question, but it's one of those questions you ask, you sort of say, well, let's really push this point home to to get our head around it. And so if that's the case, would it be right to kill a hundred lions if doing so would save a human life? Well, I say yes. What about a thousand whales? Poor. Yes, because we are in a completely different category to animals. Now, that's not to say that we should not care for animals. God expects us to care for animals. He expects us to show, uh, to look after the environment in which we live. But if push came to shove, we need to be people who recognise that that humans are so special in God's sight and are so different to the animals. And so we should cherish that and we should recognise that as well. 
And finally, question five. I've been praying for years for a family member to become a Christian, so why hasn't God answered my prayer? Well, this is one of those questions that really comes with a sort of a whole lot of heart to it, doesn't it? And it is hard if that's a situation you're in where you've been praying for a family member because you know how wonderful it is to be friends with Jesus. And you know how great it is to have that certainty in eternity that no matter what happens in 2020 or 2021, that you are safe in the arms of Jesus if you've trusted in him. It's such a beautiful and assuring thing to have. And you want everyone else to have that, especially those who are closest to you. So if you ask this question, well... Why hasn't God answered my prayer? Well, you need to remember that God does hear your prayers. It's not like he's deaf to you for certain reason. He is hearing your prayers. Secondly, remember, God may be choosing to answer your prayers at a time in the future. So he may answer the prayer in a week's time or a year's time or a decade's time. And thirdly, it may even be that you never see the answer to the prayer. This person may come along to your funeral and you've instructed the minister before your passing, make sure at my funeral you make it very clear about how people can be friends with Jesus like I am. I love it when I get that bit of advice. Occasionally, I've I've done funerals where the, the people who are the children of the deceased are not really into God much at all. But I've had a conversation with the person who's now passed away and I've got instructions from them, you know, hit him hard with Jesus. And it's like, you! Uh, and if you've got any doubt about that, this is just not, not scripted, if you've got any doubt about that, write down a little letter in your will. Well, your will won't be read. Write down a little letter, make it clear to everybody, I want a Christian funeral. And I, I want to have these songs and I want to have this bit of the Bible. I want people to know how to be saved from hell. I, I put that in my funeral so that when people, when the minister gets the instructions, it's like, giddy up. Because uh, I, I, we do sometimes see situations where a lovely Christian person ends up being buried in a funeral home by a secular celebrant because they haven't told... And the kids are like, oh, well, we're not into that, so we won't do that. Sorry, I've gone off on a tangent. Um, Ultimately, ultimately, we need to realise that that we don't know the mind of God. We do know that God's mind is wonderful and his purposes are full of, of goodness, but we don't understand his mind. And it may well be that he has has plans that we don't understand for those we love most dearly. But we trust God. We keep praying. We keep nagging him. Don't stop. Pray every day. You might say, I know, Lord, you've heard me ask you this before, but I am going to ask you again. Keep praying. And I'm going to do that now. Our loving Father, we are saddened when we know that people close to us are not friends with Jesus, as we are. Loving Father, we pray, we urge you, please, Father, would you lead them to know Jesus? Would you give us opportunities to talk to them about Jesus and give them opportunities to to respond, to believe that message and to come to Jesus and say, I believe. Lord, we pray that you would comfort us in our grief as we wait. Help us to be patient. Help us to be patient in prayer. Help, Help us to be loving. Help us to do all we can to represent Christ in the best way possible. But Father, your ways are wonderful. You are higher than all of us and we know that you are trustworthy. And so, Father, we open ourselves to you and we beg you, Father, for those we know who are our friends and particularly our family members who are not saved. And we we beg you, Father, please save them. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh,
Oh, yeah. I'm a lame trick.